We looked at the purpose of Jesus' birth, and we went through all of that. And then we looked at the first words Jesus spoke in the New Testament, and it was before he was ever even born. Remember that? And uh, then we talked about the importance, the significance of the virgin birth. We went through all of that. And we noted that Jesus is, uh, well, the first time Jesus is mentioned in the, in the Bible, you know, as far as, as, as his coming and so forth, and uh, his Savior, is in the book of Genesis. Remember that? We talked all about that. And then we noted how the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we talked about how Jesus, you know, was the second member of the Trinity. And he, he, he's always been, hasn't he? He's co-equal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And, and he was known as the Word as well as many other things in the Old Testament. But the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we talked about that. And, and then we, we spent some time looking at the lineage, the genealogy of Jesus. And that's fascinating when you look at that. And you see from that that Joseph should not have been a carpenter. He was the king of the Jews. Remember that? He was the king of the Jews. And uh, we talked about how, you know, during the Babylonian captivity, the Davidic descent got changed and so on and so forth. But you need to realize that Joseph, you know, Joseph and Mary, Joseph was the king of the Jews. That makes Jesus the king of the Jews, right? And we noted, you know, how uh, we looked at Matthew's account of how, how uh, the genealogy was traced down through Joseph as Jesus' legal father. Je- Joseph was not Jesus' biological father. Jesus didn't have a biological father. You understand that? The only person that's Never had a biological father. Is that right? Is that right? Other than who else? Think about it. I guess Adam? But that's a unique situation, right? It's like, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? You know, you can get in and talk about that. But uh, uh, did you know that Jesus is called the last Adam? Now, Jesus had a belly button, didn't he? We know that because he was born of a woman, wasn't he? But he had no biological father. And so with the exception of Adam, you know, and and Eve, um, you understand what I'm trying to say. And we, we talked about how important that virgin birth was. If we don't believe in the virgin birth, we don't have Christianity, do we? If we don't have the virgin birth, the cross was powerless, wasn't it? Because only, we talked about this last week, only Jesus could die on that cross for mankind. Remember how we went through all of that and talked about that? It's on the internet site for free. If you, wanna, if you missed that, you can go to our website and get that. And then, of course, Luke traced Jesus's genealogy down through Mary and just just fascinating and then of course we noted how we talked a little bit about John the Baptist and his his birth and so forth and we looked at uh, how 
Jesus' birth was announced to Mary, didn't we? And that the word came to her from Almighty God through, I guess it was Gabriel, right? The angel. And, and remember we noted that, that Mary had to receive the word, didn't she? That was sent from God. And she received the word and then nine months later, what? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Interesting. You hold a copy of the word in your lap if you have the Bible. Genesis to Revelation. If you want to know Jesus, here, here he is in written form. It's powerful, isn't it? Powerful how... It's just powerful. And... Uh, and we looked how we looked at we looked at all of that and how Mary received the word that was sent from God and so forth. And then we noted how Mary visited Elizabeth and so forth and so on. And, and uh, then we noted also too how the angel appeared to Joseph. And how many of you know he needed that, didn't he? <laughs> he needed that because he was going to put put Mary away, wasn't he? He was a just and a, and a nice man. He wasn't going to scandalize her or anything like that. He was just going to privately put her, you know, call the whole thing off, the wedding and all of that. You, you understand. But the angel appeared to him in a dream. And that was very necessary. And, uh, you know, God will get through to us what we need to know, won't he? He, he really will. He really will. And if we really need to know something, he'll get it through to us, right? But we need to be open and, and attentive to, to him. And uh, so let's pick up with the new material in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. And it's just fitting to talk about this this time of the year. Uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. I think the King James Version says taxed. And of course, I always like to say there that there is some use for the IRS after all. They got Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, didn't they? But other than that, I don't have a whole lot of use for <laughs> I remember the one guy used to call him the Infernal Revenue Service. Well, I don't know. I probably shouldn't joke about that, you know. Um... It, it, it would. We need to pay taxes, and they pay taxes all. Well, did I say that we need to pay taxes? We, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I just wish they'd use the tax money, all of it, appropriately, yes. and not on silly things. And and I do think we're overtaxed. I really do. We're over terribly overtaxed, and the government is not only broke. It'd be a good deal if they were broke. They're not only broke, they're in the hole. Is that right? If I ran this church or my home financially, the way the government runs finances, I'd be in prison. And you would too. Anyway, well, there's my little soapbox for you for the day. So anyway, they went to, they went, uh, a decree went out from Caesar that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while, does anybody know how to say that word? Quirinius was governing Syria. Thank you. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, 
Notice to the city of David, city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. You see, we see that right there. We've talked about that. That Joseph was really the king of the Jews, wasn't he? Absolutely. And uh, hold your place there in Luke chapter 2, and let's go to my. You can. You can look at Micah chapter 5 verse 2 if you want or I'll just read it. I don't know if I gave her that one or not. Yeah, she has it. But you, Bethlehem, what's that next word? How do you say that? You're not doing too good on that one, are you? Let's just say Bethlehem. (laughs) Though you are little among the thousands, now look at this, though you are little among the thousands of Judah... Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Let's keep that up there and just think about that. First of all, you know, God doesn't always use the big and the mighty, does he? He doesn't always use the big and the mighty. Though though you are little, God... He uses big things at times, but he also uses little things, doesn't he? And though you are little, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who will be ruler in Israel, and then notice, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. That tells us a lot about Jesus, doesn't it? He didn't just come into existence in Bethlehem, did he? He's always been, he always is, and he always will be. Is that right? From everlasting. Whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. That's the second member of the Trinity. See, in Bethlehem, he just took on human form. He's always been. He always will be. Death couldn't even hold him. He says, I'm the one who is alive, was dead, yet I'm alive again forevermore. Amen. Glory to God. Anyway, back to verse 5 of Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 5. All these things were prophesied in the Old Testament. Jesus' birth, I mean, God has pinpoint accuracy when he prophesies. You know why that is? Because he knows the end from the beginning. He never misses. When God gives a prophecy, it's always point spot on. It's not even close. It's right on the money. Anyway, so so Joseph goes up to Bethlehem, to the city of David, because he was the house of lineage of David, verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, for her to you know, have, 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 give birth. And she brought forth her firstborn son. Now you know she had children afterwards, right? Her and Joseph had sexual relations after Jesus was born, but the Bible tells us that they did not have sexual relations until after he was born. 
So she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Do you see the humility here in this? You just think about that for a second. Jesus, the son of the living God, wasn't born in a five-star hotel, was he? He wasn't even born in a nice hospital. He wasn't born in a not even in the inn. He was born in a stable, wasn't he? Laid him in a manger. That speaks volumes to me. Remember when he came riding into Jerusalem, some 33 and a half years later, he didn't come riding in there on a white steed, did he? He came in riding on a donkey, didn't he? And the Bible says, and the Bible brings out humbly, humbly, humbly. There's much we can learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. His humility. He was lowly and humble, meek. He had a fiery side to him and has a fire. I shouldn't say had, has. He has a fiery side to him. You know that. You know what I mean by that? John saw him on the Isle of Patmos and his eyes were like flames of fire. There's different facets to him, just like there's different facets to you and me. You know what I mean by that? Anybody ever got angry in here besides me? There's, that's the side of you. That's... But he's so good. God's so good. Jesus is so good. He's so humble. Humble. Wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now notice in verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, it's interesting with these shepherds, you need to realize, and let me just read this from my notes, the shepherds of Bethlehem were in charge, now, now this is fascinating, Jesus is born in Bethlehem, He's the Lamb of God, right? Slain from the foundation of the world. Is that right? The shepherds of Bethlehem were in charge of raising sheep for the temple sacrifices. Jesus was born among those sheep, wasn't he? That's fascinating to me. Fascinating. That's where the the sheep for temple slaughter, for temple sacrifice. That's where they were born and raised in Bethlehem. The shepherds of Bethlehem were in charge of raising sheep for the temple sacrifice. The sacrificial sheep would have to live outside for one year. That's just the way they did it. Once the sheep were of age, the shepherds would bring them to the city of Jerusalem to be sacrificed. It was important that the sheep that were to be sacrificed did not possess any blemishes. Jesus was without spot, without blemish. It's interesting when you study the crucifixion and you study that 
when he was when he was before the Sanhedrin, and he was before Pilate and Herod and so forth and so on. At the very time they were examining Jesus, at that to see if there was any any fault in him. At the same time, those sheep were being examined by the priests to see if there was any fault in them. It's fascinating, isn't it? And you know they couldn't find anything wrong with Jesus. Even Herod couldn't, and Pilate. Pilate couldn't find anything wrong with him. They had to trump up and make up charges, didn't they? You know what I mean by that? They had to just concoct things and lies on, on Jesus, didn't they? Make things up. Fascinating. But, but, but when he was born in Bethlehem, it was among those sheep that were to be used for sacrifice. And once the sheep were found to be without spot or blemish, then uh, the blood, they were slaughtered, and the blood was completely spilled for all the sins of the people. And the priests, once, once the, look at this, once the priests would, 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 would shed the, the blood of the, you know, slaughter the lambs and so forth and present the blood, the priest would come back and you know what he would say? He would say, it is finished. Fascinating. Just, I mean, fascinating. You study the Bible and just, just it's fascinating. The, the symbols and the types, and God has everything right. I mean, I did a teaching one time on the, on the, uh, the, 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 the tabernacle that Moses built at God's direction. And you, can, you look at that tabernacle, and, 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 and it's this fine, minute detail. And Jesus is seen in every last little detail of that temple. I mean... Even there's, there's a part of the, 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 the cover that came down of it, down on, on the front, and it was like there was a certain percentage of it was revealed, and the rest of it was not revealed. And you study it all out, and it, was, it, 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 it came out to, to like, I forget now, it's been a while since I've studied it, but like, like it was like, like 33.5% of that, that garment was, was, was revealed, and the others wasn't. And think about it. it no, no, it was, it was, it was like three, th- however it came out, there was like three and a half of it was revealed to mankind and the rest of it wasn't. How long was Jesus revealed to us in his public ministry? Three and a half years. I mean, it, it's fascinating. Just, just fascinating. Anyway, verse nine, and behold, forgive me on not getting my numbers exactly right on that. It's just been a while since I've studied that. But you get the point. It's fascinating, isn't it? And behold, an angel, verse 9, an angel of the Lord stood before them. Now this is before the shepherds. Angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You just think about that. 
being one of those shepherds. What an honor that was to be one of those shepherds. It's a great honor, great honor, great honor. Think about that. And then in verse 12, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's the will of God towards mankind right there. Peace and goodwill toward men. That's why he sent Jesus. The Bible tells us to bring peace between us and God. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. They were evangelists, weren't they? They went out and told it, didn't they? And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, Jesus is born there in, that, in, in, in Bethlehem in that stable. And then in Luke 2, verse 21, when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, this was all according to Old Testament law, you know, the way it needed to be done. Eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child. This is Jesus. His name was called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And we talked about that last week, so I won't spend time on it now. And then verse 22, now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, that was 40 days. After she'd given birth, there's a purification process. I won't get into all that. It took 40 days. They brought him, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem. Which is about five miles from Bethlehem. So they're still in, the, in, in, that, in that area of Bethlehem. You understand that? And they brought him to Jerusalem to the temple to present him to the Lord. So they're going to present the Lord to the Lord. They're going to present Jesus to the Father. You get that? Yeah. 
Remember, Jesus is 100% God, but he's also 100% man. And so what they're doing here, Jesus is as a baby, God in flesh. They're going, they're going there to present him to the heavenly father, according to the law of Moses. As it is written in the law of the Lord, verse 23, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And of course, uh, with this sacrifice, if you studied into this, you would see here that Mary and Joseph presented this, this type of sacrifice, turtle dove and turtle doves and pigeons. It was not a sacrifice that rich people would offer. We can learn from this that they were not, Mary and Joseph were not exceedingly wealthy people. Now he should have been, he was the king of Israel, wasn't he? But he was not exceedingly wealthy. And then I'll not take time to turn to the scriptures, but we'll just note that there were two people in the temple awaiting the Lord's coming. And and you have to realize, because this gets overlooked a lot, but the people that studied the prophets of the Old Testament knew that this was the time for the Lord to come. It was the time, it was the season for him to come. And many were looking for him. Many weren't, just like today. You study this, to those who study the scripture, we know that the time for his second coming is at hand. Many people don't study that. They don't know. They don't give any attention to it. They don't have a clue. You understand that. But you need to realize that when Jesus came the first time some 2,000 years ago, people that studied the word were aware of you know, the Messiah. It's time for him to come. And, and they could study the Old Testament. And they could see the prophecy that, 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 that Daniel gave. And, and they were able to, to clock it down just to the, you know, they were in the season of it. They didn't know the day or the hour. No more than we know the day and the hour, but they were in the season. Are you, are you with me? And, and Simeon, this, 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 this devout man in the temple, the Lord had said to him that you'll not see death until you see the salvation of mankind, putting it in my own words. And he got to see Jesus, didn't he? Before he died. And Anna similarly got to see the Lord. Wouldn't that be neat to get to look at baby Jesus? You ever wonder what Jesus looks like besides me? Anybody ever wonder? I think about that sometimes. When we see him, Once we get up off the ground. (laughs) You know what I mean by that? It's his power 
I guess it would just depend on how high he turned that glory up. If he turns it up, we'll be biting the dust, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> we get up. But I tell you what, even if, if he just appeared without the glory turned up real high, I, I, I believe I'd, just, I'd, just go, I'd go down on my knees. I just told him, you know who we're talking about? I've said this many times over the years. I've, I've met a lot of people, and I've met some famous people in my lifetime. And, but you know what? Every last one of them, in some way or another, there's something in their life that's disappointing, just like there's things in my life that disappointing. But when we see Jesus, we'll say like the Queen of Sheba told Solomon, the half hasn't been told of how wonderful Jesus is. He's wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful, Mighty God, Counselor. Is that right? You realize there's a lot of verses that we could be looking up that I just can't get to all of them, so I'm just highlighting. Now, anyway, let's go here to Matthew, the second chapter. It's really get interesting now, if it hasn't. I think it's already interesting, but this next part is just, uh, let's pick up Matthew's account. Let's get Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, now this is Matthew's account, so we're going to kind of go through some of the same things, but different. he's covering some different stuff here. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, how many of you know Herod shouldn't have been the king? But he was. Evil man. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, Herod, if you studied into him, was a ruthless man. It's said of him that it was safer to be a dog in his palace than a human being. Think of that. Evil man, bloodthirsty, a killer. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now these wise men, they're, they're known as, a lot of times we say that there were three kings, three because of the gifts, we'll talk about those in a moment, but we, we don't know there were just three, there probably was three, but I don't know. It may have been more. I believe they had an entourage with them. We say they were kings, and they may well have been kings. But they were wise men, and actually they were astronomers. Now, there's nothing wrong with astronomy. Astrology is sinful. Astrology is demonic. Horoscopes are demonic. Studying the stars for... For those purposes are demonic, but, but the Bible, all, you can go back to the book of Genesis and see, and all the way through, there's different places where you can see that the study of the stars is a good thing, if it's done right. And the stars and the planets and all are given for signs and seasons and so forth and so on. You need to understand that. You know the devil always takes, tries to take holy things and pervert them. And that's what he's done with the study of the stars. 
and he's taken astronomy and he's perverted it into astrology. The devil has. But there's nothing wrong with astronomy and these were astronomers. I find studying the stars fascinating. Have you ever gone out and looked at the stars? I mean, I did a teaching of, I don't know, it was many, many weeks long series. Was anybody here when I, gospel in the stars? I mean, fascinating, just, fa- just almost knock you on your knees, just fascinating how God has painted the gospel in the stars. But these wise men were, were astronomers, magi, and they were, from, they were from the east. They were from east of Jerusalem. They were actually, you study into it, they were from Babylon, modern-day Iraq. And they were influenced by Daniel the prophet. And all those years after Daniel now, then these guys came along and they were studying and they were studying the stars and so forth. Now, notice in, in verse 2, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, verse 2, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? I like that. For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, that didn't bless Herod, did it? Now, Notice, we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, I could do hours on what I'm about to do in about five minutes here, so just, just, I'm just going to highlight. But with the use of ancient laws of planetary motion and modern computer technology, the night skies can be looked at, and because it's the way God designed it, it's, there's such clockwork to it that, that these modern-day computers and programs... You can, look, you can look backward, you can look forward, and you can clock where every, the, the stars were. And Actually, Diane put an app on my phone one time, and you could, I don't know what it was called, but you could, you could go there and you could point your phone up and you could see the Little Dipper, the big, you know, all these different things. It's fascinating. When we were doing the Gospel in the Stars, I, and I don't need it now, but, but it was just fascinating. And, and so it's interesting with modern-day technology... Just, just let me highlight this for you. Just listen to this. It's fascinating. When Jesus was conceived in the Virgin Mary's womb. Now, when, when he was conceived in her womb, Jupiter, the largest planet. Now, when you study in the Greek, the word for star can also be translated planet. Jupiter... The largest planet, known as the king planet, and Regulus, the brightest star, and it's the brightest star in the constellation of Leo the Lion. Jesus is known as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So you had Jupiter, the largest planet known as the king planet. This is when Jesus was conceived now. The largest planet, Jupiter, the king planet. And Regulus, the brightest star in the constellation of Leo the lion. And Regulus, by the way, is known as the king star if you study study astronomy. 
So you had the king planet and the king star, okay? And what happened was, is, is Jupiter circled Regulus three times. One, two, three. Like a crown. So you had the king planet circling the king star three times, making a crown, And it happened in Leo the lion, lion of the tribe of Judah. Thus the wise men ascertained the king of the Jews is going to be born. But wait, there's more. If that's not enough. Nine months later, nine months later, When Jesus is born, and by the way, the wise men traveled about 800 miles. That was the length of their trip. And I believe they had an entourage. You know what I mean? People with them, assistants and so on, camels, all of that. About 800 miles. Nine months after Jupiter circles Regulus, In Leo the lion, nine months later, Jupiter again, only this time with Venus. And Venus is known as the mother planet and it's the brightest planet. I think I've seen Venus sometimes at night. The people on television, the Meteorologists will say you can really see it tonight. Well, Venus, if you study astronomy, is known as the uh, it's, it, 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 it's 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 the it's the mother planet known as the mother you, Venus, the mother. You've heard of that, right? Venus, the, like right, a woman, mother planet brightest planet if I said star a moment ago I meant to say planet so you have Jupiter which is the king planet and Venus the mother planet the brightest planet and here's what happened when Jesus was born you had the Jupiter the king planet and Venus the mother planet the brightest planet brightest planet what they did was they stacked one on top of another, if you saw it from the earth and looked at it the way the wise men saw it, they stacked one on top of the other like a snowman, you know. And astronomers tell us that would have been the brightest light ever that had ever been given off. It would have been the brightest, what would appear to us, even though it was two planets, one stacked on top of the other, it would have looked like the brightest star ever. The mother planet stacking upon the father planet. And this time, see when he was conceived, it happened in Leo the lion. Now listen to this. This time, it happened in Virgo, who is known as the virgin. But wait, there's more. It happened in Virgo, 
and more precisely in a deacon of Virgo, which is known as coma, which is an accompanying constellation of Virgo. And, and this, this deacon of Virgo, if you studied into it, this deacon, this thing that sits right side of Virgo, if you will, the, the, the virgin woman, there's a deacon that sits right side of her. It's known as coma. Now watch this, where, where the, the, this, these two planets now are stacked. It's in Virgo, but more precisely, it's in coma. And coma is a picture of a virgin sitting in a chair with her child in her lap. You with me? And this stacking of planets, which would look like a star, the brightest ever, you know where it appeared? It appeared right in the child's forehead. Jesus is exactly who this Bible says he is. He is Lord God Almighty. Fascinating. Where those the Ju- the Jupiter and Venus stacked right in the forehead of that infant child sitting on the lap of the, of the virgin. That's what brought those wise men. There were actually two instances. Once not, one nine months earlier, where Jupiter circled Regulus, and then nine months later when Venus and Jupiter stacked in, Vir, in, in Virgo. Nine months earlier it was in Leo the lion. Nine months later it's in Virgo, in the head of that infant. That's fascinating. I mean, if you went ahead 33 and a half years when Jesus died, the, when he died on Calvary's cross, the, the, sky, the night skies were just it's amazing the things that were going on and the planets and the stars and the blood moon the night that he died. Oh my gosh. All for signs and seasons and God put all this in motion before he ever said light be don't tell me there's no God because there is and don't tell me Jesus isn't the son of the living God because he is there's nobody like him verse 3 Matthew 2 verse 3 we'll begin to finish this up When Herod the king heard this, because the wise men came in, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We've seen a star in the east come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. Now it's interesting, from this we know that this, have you ever seen a a version of Hollywood where they have this this star that was just beaming down on 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 the manger? Huh? You know that didn't happen like that, did it? Because if that had happened, you know what I'm talking about? Where this beat, you know, this bright light was, huh? Wouldn't everybody have noticed that pretty much? 
Yes or no? Yes. Sure. I mean, you throw the bat signal up there at night. People are going to pay. I'm joking with you now a little bit. Does anybody know what the bat signal is? So, you know, you think that this, this beaming light, if that beaming light had been shooting down there into Jerusalem, into Bethlehem, which is just five miles from Jerusalem, people would have, there would have been some stir in the city about it. You know, we need to be aware of what's going on from the Word of God. And so, he said, when, it, when King Herod heard this, he was troubled by all Jerusalem and all Jerusalem with him, it was not an event apparently seen by everyone, just people that were looking for it. I mean, you know as well as I do, you go out at night and you look up at the stars. If you don't know what you're looking at, you just see a bunch of pretty lights up there, don't you? You, you understand what I'm saying? You have to know what you're doing and so forth, what you're looking for, and observant. Anyway, verse 4, And when they had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they had to go dust their Bibles off, so to speak. Right? Now, let me tell you what, right now, when the rapture takes place, there's going to be a whole lot of people dusting their Bibles off that got left behind. Is that right? So they said to him, he said, where is Christ to be born? So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are you not least among the rulers of Judah? For out of you shall come a ruler who will be sh- shepherd my people Israel. We, we read that earlier. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. So he wasn't aware of it. And he sent them to Bethlehem, which is about five or six miles from Jerusalem, and said, Go search carefully, diligently for the young child, and when you found him, bring word back to me that I may come and worship him also. Now, he's a liar, isn't he? He doesn't want to worship him. He wants to kill him. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, now watch this, behold that star which they had seen in the east, went before them till, they, till it came and stood over the, where the young child was. And, and, and actually, if you studied into the astronomy and the modern-day computers and all that, it's called retrograde motion. And it, it happened just like the Bible says. It looked like the star was moving and stopping. It, fascinating. I don't have time to get into all of that. But, uh, you know, science eventually catches up with the Bible, doesn't it? <laughs> And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they'd come into, notice they came into the house. They didn't come into a stable. They came into the house. This is probably about, I'm going to say maybe one to two years after. I said one to two. I can't remember. How long was it afterwards? Was it about one... One, one to two? Well, you know more than me. Why aren't you up here teaching? What am I doing teaching you? Most scholars say it was probably about one to two years. See, a lot of times we think the wise men showed up the night Jesus was born. But it wasn't. 
they came into the house. I'm sorry I didn't have that in my notes, but I think it was between one and two years, somewhere in there. They came in not to the main, not to in the manger, not into the stable, but into the. It, it, they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him: gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold means kingship. He was the king, wasn't he? Frankincense means deity. He's God. Jesus is. And myrrh has to do with death. He was born to die, wasn't he? And to be raised from the dead. Verse 12. Then, now watch this, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for, the, uh, for their own country another way. See, they were being led by God, weren't they? And thank God they were open to the leading of God. It saved not only probably their lives, but certainly, well, their lives and the people following them. Because Herod, I think, would have killed these guys too. I don't know, probably. He was an evil man, Herod. Now let's conclude here. Go to Matthew 2, verse 13. You're already there, so uh, let's look at verse 13. Now when they had departed, the wise men go another way. You know, be led by the Spirit of God. Sometimes He might want you to go a different way. I said sometimes He might want you to go a different way. I said, sometimes he might want you to go a different way. And, and, you know, when you're driving along, be sensitive to the Spirit of God. If you don't have got a check in your spirit, you shouldn't go home that way. Go home a different way. It could save your life. And not just with driving on the road, but in, in life in general. You may be headed down one path, and the Spirit of God may lead you to go down a different way in your life. You follow what I'm saying? Be open to the Spirit of God. Sometimes he'll lead you to go a different way. Can you say Amen. And they departed for their own country another way. Now look at verse 13. Now when they had departed, the wise men depart, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Appeared to him in a dream. Saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Saved their lives, didn't it? And it was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. We could talk for hours about that. Then Herod, when he saw he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts from two years old and under. See, that's... Jesus was probably about a year and a half, two years old. Probably a year and a half when the wise men got there. Put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts. From two years old and under, according to the time which was determined by the wise men. 
Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, a lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. You think about that. You know that Herod was motivated by the devil. And the devil is a baby killer. And he was killing babies in Moses' day and God rose up a... They were throwing babies in the Nile, feeding them to the crocodiles. And God raised up a deliverer, Moses. They were killing babies in the days of Jesus and God raised up the Lord himself, Jesus. They're killing babies in our day. And I believe the Lord's going to come back. Amen. Amen. And put a stop to it all. Amen. And put a stop to it all. And put a stop to it all. I said, and put a stop to it all. I said, put a stop to it all. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I want to just say this. You know, the, you know, it's interesting about this nation. The stock market's going through the roof right now, and I believe heaven has paid no attention to that. But one sinner that repents and comes to Jesus, all heaven rejoices and is glad. Can you say amen? Amen. Absolutely. Heaven gets excited about things different than we get excited about things. And you know, with the stock market going through the roof and several good things going on in this nation and a lot has been done to curb abortion and so forth in this nation but they're still killing babies in this nation every day aren't they and I just have to tell you in this nation until abortion is outlawed let me say it in the right order thank you Lord let me get it right until God is welcomed back into the public square and the public arena and back in the public school, until he's welcomed back in there and until abortion is outlawed and until the same-sex marriage thing is reversed and this, ne- this nation gets itself straight sexually. Until those three things happen, I'm telling you, the judgment of God pens on this nation. And I want to say it again. The stock market might be going through the roof, and I'm glad that it is. But I believe heaven pays little attention to that, but one sinner that repents and comes to Jesus... All heaven rejoices. And I pray that God would raise up men and women, preachers of the gospel, that will herald the thus saith the Lord God Almighty. Stop tickling the ears of people and say, thus saith the Lord God. And declare the word of God. 
and bring a true revival to this nation. This nation needs a revival. It needs a revival. It needs some men and women of God to stand in their pulpits in the local churches and on media and all around this nation to stand and say, Thus saith the Lord God and preach a message of repentance. I said a message of repentance. And that message, I believe, needs to go forth first and foremost to the church at large. Because judgment begins at the house of God. And if the church at large in this nation, the preachers would repent and preach, thus saith the Lord, and the, and the pulpits would get on fire and the pews would get on fire and let that fire go out and affect it. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But that's what this nation needs. Because without that, you've got the message of Jonah, yet 40 days and the nation shall be overthrown. Now, I'm not saying in 40 days, but that kind of a message, the judgment of God's pending. But I'd like this nation to have a revival like they did in Nineveh. What, what say you? Now, let me close and tell you what happened to Herod and we'll go home. You need to know what happened to this man that killed babies. Because I'm going to tell you right now what happened to him. He died a miserable death. He had a chronic kidney disease complicated by a very uncomfortable case of maggot-infested gangrene of his genitals. Did you get that or do I need to repeat it? Fitting for a man that wouldn't repent and killed all those babies. You want to kill babies, huh? I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to this nation. Well, if there's no repentance, that's what these murderers have to look forward to. Herod tried to commit suicide and may have succeeded by stabbing himself due to the unbearable pain that he was in. Well, we ended on a somber note, but let's stand and just... Did you get anything out of this today? It was worth coming, wasn't it? Let's just stand for a moment. If you need prayer or anything, you know, our people are, are up here to help you.